0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Youth Critic Podcast on the Youth Critic Network. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Earth Critic Podcast. I'm your host, Kel Smith, and joining me this week is David Weiser from Film Assessment.
1: Hi, everybody. It's good to be back.
0: Yes, it is. And we are going to the West Coast to uh, be talking about the new Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Um, David, is it called Soggy Bottom
1: or? Gumdrop Spaghetti? No, 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 no. Licorice (laughs) Pizza. (laughs) It's a god-awful small affair To the girl with a mousy hair I met the girl I'm gonna marry one day
0: But her mommy is yelling no And her daddy has told her to go Listen, young lady But her friend is nowhere to be
1: seen So how'd you become such a hard shot actor?
0: I'm a showman. That's what I'm meant to do. To the seats with the clearest view? And <laughs> she's hooked to the silver screen. Do
1: you know who I am? Yeah. Do you know uh, who my girlfriend is? Barbara, Sand? <sighs> Barbara Stray Sand. Barbara Stray Sand. Sand. Yeah, like
0: sands, like the ocean, like. Beaches. Barbara Shai Sand. <sighs> no, but Stray Sand. Sand. Oh, uh, yes, yes. Cue that uh, Life on Mars uh, trailer. Yeah, no, that was a great, yeah, great trailer. Um, but yes, we are talking about Licorice Pizza. Um, I know we are kind of starting to get a little behind. I know we have not talked about The Matrix yet, and we are saving that for a much different episode because uh, we wanted to kind of give Licorice Pizza its own episode and then Matrix its own episode. And uh, I don't know if we will talk about Nightmare Alley. Um, I know David and I, we were talking about it in the pre-show. But I don't <laughs> know if it's going to be i i all i can say is i think david and i both recommend it um so if you can see it and it hasn't been you know hasn't had its screening taken over by spider-man no way home or sing 2 um go ahead and watch it because it is a very because it is actually a really good movie not a feel-good christmas movie but i mean not Really, a lot of there's not a lot of feel good Christmas movies coming, or not a lot of feel good movies coming out this Christmas, um, to be honest. But with that, let's get to the one that actually is a kind of a feel good movie, uh, Licorice Pizza. So, David, uh, what did you think of Licorice Pizza?
1: I loved it, like, I thought, um, I, I, I thought it was like very. Fascinating how it it, it does feel kind of like um once upon a time in Hollywood in the sense that it's kind of like this like kind of nostalgic love letter to their that filmmaker's youth, um and and then like obviously there's like all the performances like there's a lot there's a pretty there's a pretty stacked cast um and there's and then like trusting these newcomers kind of at the helm of it. Like, I was really impressed with Alma, or, I don't want to butcher names, uh, Cooper Hoffman and Alma he- Heim. He-
0: I thought it was
1: Elena, too, or Elena Heim. Elena, Elena Heim. Um, yeah, bo- both of them were excellent in the leads. Um, this movie is very hilarious at times, very suspenseful surprising i i I guess yeah kind of tense and suspenseful at times um pta like this him going all out on this like i don't know it's just very like it's it's a vibes movie (laughs) it
0: is like it's not you know i wouldn't say this is a blank check movie even though technically this is paul thomas anderson's most expensive movie to date but i'm sure that was more I'm sure that was more because of all the COVID restrictions and COVID protocols they had to in place to make it this movie happen. Because they were still filming this movie in California while California was under very strict, you know, policy, um, strict COVID policy. Uh, But with that, but with that said, I mean, it is a vibes movie. It's not, you know, some grandiose, important. It's not. It's kind of, if I must compare, because uh, I've not seen Punch Drunk Love. it kind of feels a little bit like um, Phantom Thread, where it's just kind of like another vibes movie. Like, we're just having fun. Like, we're just getting all these great actors together, and we're just going to make a fun, we're just going to spin a fun yarn. And I feel like that's kind of like what I like about this new, pta you know is that because when we started with hard a and boogie eight boogie nights and then of course the magnolia it was kind of like this high energy like lots of you know city cam i don't know if you've seen any uh, earlier uh pta films david but uh but a lot of like pta's movies does have like a high energy like lots of you know you know, there's a lot of, you know, like the cuts are a little bit quicker. It's not like Michael Bay cuts, but it's like very, like, you know, it's a much more higher energy, very much of a young person. And now things have like a longer, you know, shot, you know, things hold a little bit more. Things are a little bit slower. You know, it's more, his movies have gotten more kind of character driven. And I feel like that's what Licorice Pizza is. And yes, you mentioned this is a funny movie, but also a suspense movie um like it's it's every i feel like this movie is like everything like about like i feel like it's everything it's got everything it's got an intense action sequence you know in the middle of this movie i mean it's just a very good vibes movie and with amazing performances especially from alana heim I really like Cooper Hoffman as or uh, Cooper Hoffman as well. He gives a really good performance, but a, but a lot of this movie r- rides on Alana Heim here. So yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, but uh, what are some other thoughts you had,
1: Bradley Cooper like? knocks the park out of this movie (laughs) like when uh his his the sequence involving him was my my favorite thing about the movie Uh, and i loved it all but like that that sequence just like knocks you off out of your out of your seat you know you're just blown away by (laughs) all the insanity and he was he was great I, i would like to see him like get a supporting actor nomination if that comes to pass that'd be awesome but if it doesn't, it's, it's okay.
0: <laughs> Honestly, I would love to see PTA make a movie about John Peters with Bradley Cooper. Just like...
1: Yeah, let's get a spin-off.
0: Just like, but do it as like the making of like one of his other movies with Barbara Streisand, like uh, A Star is Born. You know, the Barbara Streisand, Barbara uh, Streisand, Born remake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it, hold on just a second. Okay. Uh, but yeah. Um, but also, I would throw out Sean Penn.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 Loved him too.
0: I mean, like, all the little, like, little supporting actor, like, people can't, the cameos come in, like, even Benny Safdie, you know, just showing it, just showing up for, like, a bit role. Like, it's really good stuff. Like, what, but all of these, like, are, like, all of these, like, men, you know, that these guys are playing, they're playing, like, different facets of toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, Sean Penn's very much, like, prideful, like, you know, I've done the, you know, this crazy sh- like just going off about like telling like crazy shit stories about himself, and then just leaving Alana in the dust during that motorcycle bit, you know. So, um, you know, and then you have like Bradley Cooper, of course, is John Peters, and he's doing like John, like a very exaggerated, you know, portrayal of John Peters. But I mean, John Peters was an abusive asshole and still is. So. You know, so, so yeah. And then, of course, you know, Benny Safdie. I don't know if Benny Safdie is like portraying an actual politician. I forgot to look it up. But I mean, still, like, that is a really good, I mean, but I mean, it's like another facet of, you know, toxic masculinity again.
1: His role was not what I expected it to be and that that's a good thing like i was just like pleasantly surprised by like where they went with his character i was very that that was interesting
0: yeah absolutely and i mean for me it was also actually oh this character did exist
1: oh my gosh
0: yes uh yeah he was uh <laughs> yeah he did exist uh he was an american politician he's the president of the andy warhol foundation of the visual arts um and he was a closet gay man um yeah yeah this is yeah wow okay this is all sorry i'm on the wikipedia page and this is interesting uh yeah he had an interesting career i don't know if he's an actual i don't know if he was actually as toxic but i mean but like what i'm saying is like all of these characters kind of represent different even gary isn't to an extent is his own like facet of you know toxicity because he's trying so hard to impress the girl by being and that's the other funny part too like every like little adventure he's in like we met meet him as a care child actor and then we see him, you know, as, as the waterbed salesman, which that's wow, that's a story. <laughs> um, and then we end the movie with him being in a, a pinball machine, you know, the pinball machine guy. You know, it's just, and he keeps doing like these different facets to try and impress this one 25 year old girl. He's a teenager. Um, and he just ultimately realizes, I don't need the pedaz or show. I just need to be my, you know, I, I know I'm spoiling the movie now, but I kind of like the, where the movie goes with that, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of like the big like, and I think that's like the big thing about Paul Thomas Anderson movies as of late, even with Phantom Thread, like, because Daniel Day-Lewis basically plays like, you know, a millennial spoiled brat, or just like a spoiled brat person. You know you know the frustrated artists, and who has to learn, you know, to be a better, you know, a better, you know, partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and same thing is happening here, he's having to learn how to be like him, Gary himself has to learn how to be a better person, and then Alana has to go on her own journey because she's trying to, you know, mature and grow up. Um, but yeah. That's what I kind of liked about this movie. Um, is there anything else you wanted to, I, I know I've been taking over, but do you have anything to say?
1: Um, we can jump into spoilers if you want.
0: Okay, big spoiler thing for you. What was the big like, uh, what was the big scene for you?
1: The whole thing with John Peters where they bring the waterbed, they set it up, but like, because he was an asshole to Gary, about like he like threatened to kill his brother he like lets he like takes the hose out and lets it like leak on the carpet and so like now there's wet carpet in John Peter's house and all while this is going on John Peters is at home but he comes and when they're leaving the house right after they just left it like this um, John Peters is walking towards them with a gas can up the hill Cause his car ran out of gas. Cause whoever was in charge of that, uh, there's a gas crisis there at this time, and whoever was in charge of refilling it just didn't do that. So he makes them take him back. So then there's the suspense of is he gonna find out about this waterbed? And then like he like just goes and gets the gas can, or yeah, he, or he didn't have the gas can yet. Sorry. Um, he gets the gas can so he can go refill the gas can so he can refill his car. Um, and like he has his like kind of assistant guy. Um, it's like trying to kind of tell him about what's going on, but he's so pissed off about everything that he doesn't really give it much attention or care. And so he gets back in the car with them, they stop by his car, or they're kind of like drive by his car, and so they know where it is. Uh, They drop him off at the gas station, and Gary's just kind of like, Yeah, let's ditch this guy. And so they go and they stop by where his car was. Gary gets out and he breaks the windshield, and then they get in their vehicle. Is out of gas. What? Now they're out of gas. So now they have to figure out a way to maneuver the... Because now they're like literally right by his car. So Alana Ooh. has to like maneuver the vehicle while it's out of gas, just, just barreling through the streets of LA, trying to like maneuver it oh, as neutral. far away as possible, in neutral. And they do it. And then they go, Gary and his friends go to get gas. And when they get when they come back, while they're doing this, Alana's sitting on the on the curb of the sidewalk, and John Peters walks behind her. And so this whole sequence is just like <laughs> escalating tension upon escalating tension upon escalating tension, and it's glorious.
0: <laughs> oh my god, that's the funniest part. Like, and also, like, I love that scene because it's a dual purpose. Like, it's funny because a it pays off the John Peters thing. B you know, in the background of, like, everything that's happening, you know, Gary and his friends, they're, like, you know, playing with, like, the gas can. They're, like, you know, treating it, you know, they're, like, treating it like it's, a, you know, cock, because they're trying to be, like, you know, you John Peter still, you know, and I guess, and then Alana just, you know, has this moment of, like, damn, I'm, like, 25 years old, I had to literally, just so I don't get murdered by this billionaire or this millionaire producer, you know, why not I had to like, I had to like drive down this, you know, truck, you know, down this hill, this curvy ass hill, by the way, you know, and like, yeah, she's just having that moment. And also, of course, you know, Bradley Cooper is, you know, busting the window behind her, just like, <laughs> it's like fuck you fuck you
1: yeah and then like the fact he's so oblivious to it all and then like just bradley coover like is so unhinged in this movie and it's great i love when he drop when they drop him off at the gas station and his method to secure himself a pump is he just pulls out a lighter and threatens to blow up the gas station like in order to take a pump from somebody and i was yeah. just like oh my gosh this guy is insane um and yeah, that, I, I love that scene so much. Uh, but like even that, beyond that, there's so much more to love about this movie. Um, uh, the whole water, the fact that Gary's like this hustler, but he's like in these, like, he he like goes after these weird niche things. And like, so he starts off with like the waterbed and then he ends up at a pink pinball wizard yeah. guy. Like, you know, like, mm. it's just like, huh. It's this just it's just kind of amusing, but it's just I don't know, it's it's a thing.
0: Well, it's amusing because I mean you see that Gary is a very crafty person. He's a very unique. Mm. Per- He's a businessman. Like he very much is. Like he knows how to get people. And also it helps that you know he was a child actor. Like, and also it wouldn't be my child actor. I mean he starred in a lot of commercials. Like he had to have that high energy, that enthusiasm. You know, like, he had to, like, he had to play that part, so, you know, when he's a salesman, I mean, he's playing and he's playing the role of a salesman, and then doing good by, like, having a business, although Alana seems, like, to be the one person that, like, the one secretary, the one bookkeeper that's, like, actually, like, you know, making sure that they're actually, you know, making profit, like, they're making their bills on time, because if not, Mm -hmm. I mean, Gary would just be, like, It would just be a fraud. Like Gary would basically just run the thing to the ground. Yeah. Um. So, and that's what I loved about it too. And is that you know their partnership, like it is very flirtatious. I know there's that quote going around from PTA about like how he never wanted it to go further than flirtation. Um, But I mean, the tension is there. Like it's very much a screwball like romantic comedy you know, all the way through because, you know, they have their moments. I mean, even like the time where, you know, Gary tells her on the, you know, over the phone, like while Lana's on the phone trying to sell a waterbed, you gotta sound sexy or you gotta sound, and then she just goes for it. And then, I mean, <laughs> and basically... I'm to come
1: in and stall you know, it myself. I'm like...
0: <laughs> and we got a hard wet background, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, it's just so funny. Like, they're like she's trying to sell this bed like just like a normal person would and then she just takes it to the extreme and it pisses gary off because now like you know he basically sold she basically sold the bed on her being there you know Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) so like i i love it and then i love the you know so I love the this the play scene where they're in new york and he accidentally hits the actress in the hair and then the actress is just screaming how dare you you won't ever work in this like a million be from all these millionaires it, um if there's one thing i would say i wasn't a fan of is i still don't know how to feel about the ending because by the end of the movie, your the case is basically just made that all of the men in Alana's life and in the friend that she consults or the person that she consults at the end, you know, um, you know, they, they both kind of come to terms with like boyfriends are shitty, but we do it any, like, but we handle the whole boy, but we handle our partners because we love them, I guess. And i don't know how to feel about the ending because i'm like alana just i know you're realizing that all men are shitty or or most men are just shitty especially men that are powerful but you don't have to go back to the 16 year old Mm -hmm. um but also, I did find it very funny that the one per the one person that she did go on a date with was an atheist, like the the atheist kid, and he was the one person that wasn't like a toxic asshole.
1: He was from Booksmart. Uh, he played, mm-hmm. yeah, he was great.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's actually one of the kids from National Lamp the the Vacation remake too. Um, mm. Yeah, he's been. He's been appearing in a lot of stuff. I'm glad he's got I'm glad he got in this. It was great to see him. Um but yeah, I also I love the joke of when they go to the Japanese restaurant and the Japanese owner just has a new wife every time. Yeah. It that always just made me crack, you know. Like and the first wife wanted to like make sure the food was presented while the husband like had the draft of like. And they, and the waitresses are dressed in this and that. And I, I love that bit. I just love that bit. Mm-hmm.
1: What
0: what were some other bits you liked?
1: Uh, We talked a little bit about the Sean Penn thing, but I uh, like his whole like getting kind of like drunk and like high on the attention of everyone and like going out and doing this crazy motorcycle stunt. And then like I, I, I liked that, like it kind of goes into the screwballness of it all, and like kind of the saney energy of this movie. Like there's like little almost vignettes, like of as they approach each of these people, and I, I liked that. Um, the whole thing where Gary's like getting arrested because he his description of him resembles someone that just murdered, like like of this suspect murderer. Or something like that, and so he gets like arrested, and then like it gets all cleared up. But like this, like it's just it just comes out of nowhere too, because they're at this like convention trying to sell the water beds, and then he just gets tackled and taken uh, to the to the police department, and it's just.
0: <laughs> What's so funny about this scene is like Gary is so innocent that he doesn't realize like once the handcuffs come off, and Alina oh, is just right yes. there.
1: He doesn't know he can actually leave like that that was that was funny
0: yeah it's like just come on just go like the handcuffs are off just run (laughs) we got to get back to the convention (laughs) um also i love that they're well what's so great about that is earlier it's set up that one of his friends is trying to get like weed and lsd so you think that he's being arrested for that and then we get to the real like what he's actually been arrested for (laughs) um I just yeah I thought that was really and it doesn't come and it does come out of nowhere like it just is a weird like oh okay let's just go (laughs) um but yeah no I I really did love uh and I and what I love about the Sean Penn is like Sean Penn just goes for it like he just is so committed I mean he's just like Telling her all this insane shit, and then Tom Waits is just in the corner, like he's just over there, like rallying people up, like drunkenly rallying people up. This movie's insane, and then uh, Sean Penn, like you know, the moment when he starts, you know, doing his bike stunt, you know, Alana, you know, falls off, you know, hits her head really hard, breaks the guitar that she that's on her back, and. Gary, and it's the first moment, like, you believe, like, these people, or at least, like, Gary loves her, like, Mm -hmm. or cares for her, because he's the only one and only person that actually runs
1: To see if she's okay, and
0: Yeah. And and I I don't remember if Alana also acknowledged that either, but
1: I definitely think it was kind of like implied at the end, like the reason she kind of goes to him is that like he's the only one that kind of shows her genuine affection throughout the entire movie. Um, And it's just very much played, like even though it's like kind of a slubby dovey thing, like it is kind of played as like kind of a little toxic relationship because of the way like she's like gets jealous of him showing attention towards that other girl that's actually his age um when she comes to the opening of the waterbed store and then there's like um what else is there's I don't know just like call, the whole dynamic between them is kind of toxic in a sense and so I think it's kind of meant to be played as like where you have conflicting feelings about the end because you know like the nature of the rel- relationship being uh, her being 25 and him being 16 is a little off so like I think that's kind of plays into, like, what's all going on with it.
0: Yeah. And also, well, and you just also, like, come to terms with, I mean, Gary, despite his, you know, you know, his own, like, need to impress, like, need to impress, what really shows to her is that what, is that in the end, you know, he's the one going after her too. He's the one also trying to go to the campaign office, you know, to come look for her, you know, while she's looking for him at the pinball machine, pinball palace. So it like that's so I think in the end you're supposed to leave a little but questioning, but you're also realizing, well, maybe these people can change. Maybe these people can mm-hmm. kind of like grow past their differences and become better towards each other. You know,
1: and it's it, very it, much like the ending of Phantom Thread where it's like, that's a very toxic relationship as well, where um, she poisons him just in order to get affection from him and for him to like treat her like she deserves to be instead of him being like a pompous uh, art tortured artist or whatever.
0: I don't remember who said it. It might have been David uh, Ehrlich, but someone said that Phantom Thread was one of the kinkiest movies since Fifty Shades of Grey. Because it's just like <laughs> the, the mushrooms, you know, representing like, you know, it needs, you know, you need the mushrooms to make you affectionate or something, but yeah. it. But I will say, you know, but i feel like that's like the common thread of the last maybe even last three movies with the uh, inherent vice is that you know both characters that have love interests you know they both you know grow apart but then they you know will come back together to kind of realize they need to grow past their own differences you know even if it is the use of mushrooms you have to be involved um <laughs> but no like and that's what i think is kind of become more endearing about Paul Thomas Anderson is that his characters you know they are kind of I guess a manifestation of Paul Thomas they are kind of a character of Paul Thomas Anderson because so many people even himself have characterized him as like he can be kind of like a you know toxic director sometimes Mm -hmm. but maybe like these last few movies have been kind of his way of like telegraphing you know I'm trying to grow past. I'm trying to be a better, you know, person, a better father, a better husband. Uh, That's kind of like how I read Licorice Pizza is it? it's him being a better, him trying to be a better, him trying to understand slash articulate like how like he's becoming a better person and therefore like a better artist. So yeah, that's so yeah, that's why Licorice Pizza is like his most endearing film to date, uh, and it's his most beautiful. You know, and Johnny Greenwood's got a really good score in there. I don't really care much for needle drops, but I mean, I'm glad they're there.
1: I think they worked in this movie.
0: I think yeah, I mean they work. It's just like okay, like they work for the like the tone of this movie. Like it feel like it vibes with you know what's with L.A., you know, 70s. Especially yep. early 70s. Um, do you have anything else on Licorice Pizza?
1: I like the scene where he calls her and then, like, is just silent. Like, <laughs> but he's, like, trying to, like, I guess mess with her mind and make her think something about her boyfriend. I, I was a little... I feel like it's left intentionally a little unclear exactly what he's doing, but like, he's just kind of like, he, he has her number and he's calling her and she like believes it's the the guy from Booksmart um, or for whatever reason. And like, he already made such a bad impression, like meeting her parents and stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to see who that guy was. What this character's name is. Um, oh, and John C. Riley. Oh, yeah, John C. Riley appears in this movie for like a half a second. Uh, he's the a, a Munster, a Herman Munster, uh, in the convention. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. It sounds very much like John C. Riley. Okay. Uh, I'm not finding the guy's name but anyway um also uh sean penn is based off of uh william holden uh i don't know if you caught his name it it was just they call him jack holden but i mean in this movie but his move in this movie he's basically representation of william holden uh also a unique guy (laughs) uh and then, yeah, I mean,
1: I think I just like the filmmaking all around is very impressive. And then I was swept into the zaniness of the story, and I really liked all the characters, even like the unlikable ones. Like they were at least, like at least, entertaining to watch <laughs> in these crazy scenarios.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I yeah, and I and I can't say enough about. Um... Al- Elena, ha- Elena Heim. Uh, so I, I just can't say enough about her because she's so good in this like she really like it's amazing that this is her debut film like she really nails it here uh, like yeah she just nails it I mean it's such a great performance I hope it gets nominated you know because there's just so much about her performance and how much she's conveying you know in every and you never lose her in this movie you never lose her pov in this movie at all um, yeah i i genuinely love this movie this is one of my favorites of the year i can't wait Me to too. see it again um both of us have seen it only once but we plan i think we are both planning to see it again you know eventually uh So David, not to get into it, but do you think, I think licorice pizza will definitely be on my top 10. Do you think it'll be on your top 10?
1: Yeah, I don't think I'm going to see much between now and the end of the year. So like, I mean, I do, there are things I still haven't seen a couple things here and there I haven't seen, but I don't anticipate my list changing that significantly. Maybe it will, but, uh, I, and yeah. even if it does change, I don't see licorice peach falling off.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, same here. Like this is one of my most anticipated of the year, and I'm glad it finally came out and is a in it meets my anticipate meets my expectations. Um, with that, uh, we're gonna. With that, um, David, uh, if you have any more thoughts, uh, do you want to? or if you don't have any more thoughts, you want to talk about your blog?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I haven't read on In A While. Sorry again. Um, I will be sharing my top 10 of the year. I will, I will for sure be doing that. Um, I, I would like to be writing reviews, but it's just kind of hard to find the time because I I ended up dedicating a lot of time towards writing and like pulling all the pictures and stuff and like getting it all ready. And it just, hey, it's very time consuming and I haven't had, I'm dedicating my free time in other ways recently. So um, not that I will never write a review again, but it's gonna be kind of here far and few and far between. Yeah. When I feel like I have something to say.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I get that, I mean, I get that. Like, yeah, I mean, there was a period where I didn't do this podcast for a few months and then I came and then yeah. So I get so yeah I totally get it. Um, but yeah, I will have the link to all of um, David's you know reviews in the blog um, in the or description below. Excuse me. And uh, and yeah, you can uh, follow David at uh, Wiser underscore David. Is that right? Yes. All right, and then you can follow me on Twitter at Movie Kale. Uh, as far as best of twenty twenty one lists go um i'll post a letterbox list in the next week or two because i am gonna try and finish up um like david said i have a we have we have a a couple other movies we want to check out before the year's done preferably like movies like the power of the dog the tragedy of Macbeth. um i still haven't watched tick tick boom (laughs) Mm. i know you i know you love that movie i'm gonna get to it eventually uh and then yeah, so I'm going to kind of watch a few more movies and then I'll post a list and then um, when we finally get both of our lists done and we're very confident about it, we'll do Dave and I will sit down and do our annual best of podcast as we all, Ooh. as we've been doing the last like year or two now. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! And, and then we'll talk about 2022 and all the good stuff coming out in 22. Yes, the Batman trailer came out today. It was awesome.
1: Yeah, I I didn't think there was going to be a third trailer, but it was still pretty cool.
0: <laughs> I know, and lots of new stuff. Uh and then, yeah, good good trailer, great trailer. I cannot wait for the Batman. I'm so excited. Um all right. So, we will do the Matrix, I think before the year's over. Um i know david and i want to see it one more time um, before we do the review and so we will do the matrix before the year is done and then we'll get to like of course we'll get to like tragedy of macbeth and best of stuff when we you know get to january uh but yeah uh th- david thank you for doing the show this week and um we will be back extremely extremely soon Uh, for Matrix Resurrections because that is a movie we're both very interested in we've both seen it Um, and we want to say and we'll get to that as soon as we can thanks everyone we'll be back with you next time do you really want to see my boobs
1: can I touch them
0: see you tomorrow in the dance hall It's weird I hang out with Gary and his friends all the time. I think it's weird that I hang out with Gary and his 15-year-old friends all the time.
1: I'm not gonna forget you.
0: Just like you're not gonna forget me.
1: Rosa, sound. Roll camera A. Roll camera B. Mark Action. I'm coming next! Hi.